You're listening to Rosie Cole's Vaudeville Broadcast. This program may contain adult content, so if you're under 18, please either get permission or switch it off. Good evening, broadcast listeners. Today I am in the room with the incredible Aurora Galore. Hello. <laughs> and if you don't know uh, what Aurora does, um, I'm going to get her to tell you. Aurora, what is it that you do? Please inform everyone. Oh my goodness. Oh my god, where to start? <laughs> um, so basically, I'm a fire and burlesque performer, and that is it. <laughs> Well, you say that's it, but like people who haven't seen you perform will don't really have the full effect of, of your your personality. Um, yeah, I'm a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a different kind of, of fire and burlesque, I would wager. Yeah, maybe maybe slightly maybe slightly different. Um, yes, I like to just not do things by the book. But I yeah. throw the, the the book kind of. Out the window, out, not even out the window, mate. Out of the universe, you know. <laughs> set it on fire first. Set it, oh, set it on fire and then throw it away. <laughs> that's a really good analogy. I'm so using it on my website. <laughs> so that's one of the other things I've noticed about you, and probably a lot of people notice about you. You're also like the queen of social media. Oh like, my god, I'm. I, I, you know what? I'm on it. I'm on it. Like, yeah. No. And the thing is that the, the fortunate thing about looking different all the time is that like my selfies don't get too repetitive so it's quite nice but my new favourite Instagram at Aurora Galore follow me on Instagram and you know what it's because I don't have to read rubbish I just get to look at people and be like oh my god look how exciting that is and that's my new favourite thing so it's, a, it's much more of a visual medium You're yeah like it's a visual and I like I like visual things and I like seeing people backstage being happy and I like seeing people going look at this picture of my breast that's really exciting as well so you know like you get the best of both worlds but like yeah and I'm um, no, I love, I love my blogging as well. Oh, yeah, you have a blog too. <sighs> yes, yeah, on aurorglaw.com in the blog section. <laughs> so, basically, you were like, oh, I just do fire and burlesque, but actually, you're like, all over Instagram, you've got your own blog, you're also uh, producing a show, have been producing, producing shows. Producing a show, yeah, yeah, Three Serpent Circus, which is fun, and I now do my makeup videos on yeah. YouTube, and that's at Aurora Glow on YouTube as well, like those plugs. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, t- to be honest, I, my performance is my job, is my life, and everything else is just kind of for fun, and it, it, it generates kind of buzz towards what I'm doing but essentially you know I am just a performer at heart so obviously uh, you didn't get to where you are overnight um, yeah. so when did you realize first that you wanted to be a performer oh since I was a baby since I was about two and I went to dance school it was like that was it um, and we called it entertainer now it means a different word but when I was younger I used to want to be an entertainer it was like you know dance school you do dancing singing acting and it's like yeah. triple threat that's yeah. what I'm going to be I'm going to yeah. be everything I'm basically <laughs> going to be like you know Hannah Montana like <laughs> well look at Miley now oh you know what I love her don't even <laughs> um, it's just amazing but yeah so it was kind of that and um, yeah I just always always wanted to dance and then burlesque kind of it's a bit more in the mainstream when I kind of got into it and um, it just seemed to be more about individual creativity which is what I like about it because I'm short and I'm just a little off and I didn't really want to be in a company I didn't want to be dancer number seven I wanted to be like my name so you went to so you were at sort of like stage school as a kid and was yeah, that yeah. something your parents did for you yeah I was kind of I didn't have a stage mum but yeah. she was just like she wanted to be like look at my kids but fortunately I absolutely loved it so that's fine oh, 
um, I think it was for my mum she's more traditional and she's like you know oh every girl wants to be a ballerina so you know I went to kind of ballet and tap and jazz so first time I was on stage I was about five in you know the the dance group or whatever you know like the end of term dance phenomenon so yeah it was so much fun oh that's so cute <laughs> I know so when did you decide you wanted to do it professionally was it as soon as you left school or was it ironically it was um when I started university um and I studied um English literature and I did it for about a month I, I, I still finished my degree but um I was like I cannot be this. I cannot be this person. I don't want to be a writer. I want to be a dancer. So it was kind of like after reading, and, and as much as I love English, I love reading, and I love um, analytical poetry and all of that, I was just like, I cannot submit my life to this. And so I decided to go back to my roots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there a point where you thought maybe you did want to be a writer? I still, I mean, I do my blog now, so in that way, I still like to write. Um, but I, I'm actually, I, I wanted, I, I thought about writing, but I prefer, um, like, being a critical analyst. I feel like we could have a really, like, long, nerdy book talk, because I did English Lit at uni as well. Oh my god, and, like, tell me more. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I, I loved it, I loved every yeah. word. I did, yeah, I think I think there's a book talk in the future. Oh, book <laughs> club, book club. That would be so good. It's happening. It would be, I think it would be almost like naked girls reading, but we'd keep our clothes on. We'd keep our clothes on. <laughs> and we would look at the words, not the breasts. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they are fabulous, and I love that there's a burlesque book sort of situation of happening. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Obviously, you did still finish your degree, which is <laughs> fantastic. Um, but I seem to recall you were sort of almost like a full-time performer at the same time. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I had my student finance backing, so I was able to kind of get a start and not worry too much. But yeah, it, it, it kind of crossed over, as I said, right at the beginning, I was about 19, because I had a gap year. And um, I kind of decided, that's it, I, I, I need to dance. And Bellas just seemed to fit. And then, yeah, it kind of just continued. And I finished my degree. Hopefully she's not listening. I don't know why I should be. But because my granny really wanted me to finish my degree. <laughs> and um, I kind of felt like if I finish my degree, then, which is what has happened, my, my lovely granny would be like, oh, no, 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 you have your degree, you do your dancing thing, and then when that's finished with, you can go back to it. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I just danced for a couple of years, I promise, I promise. <laughs> so, but it kind of gave me, like, a little bit of allowance. It's, it's, it's worked out quite nicely being in kind of the financial state that I was in because, um, you know, obviously now where I'm at, you know, we've got to worry about rent and stuff. But fortunately, I'm in a slightly better position, whereas before um, it wasn't so challenging. Yeah, that's really good that you had that sort of cushion to fall back on mm-hmm. like student financing. So Absolutely. That taking free gigs wasn't quite as painful as it might have been. <laughs> yeah, we've all done it. So how did you find burlesque? Where did that come from? You know what? It's, I mean, like, I always really liked burlesque. I really liked the idea of it. And um, Was it the corsets? Because the whole Victorian thing. Oh, you know what? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's the corsets, it's everything. It's, it's the kind of the fashion of it. But I always liked, ironically, even though I'm so contemporary, I really like old stuff. But I don't like... Well, I mean, I do. I, I love, I love like the twenties and the forties still. But I again prefer Victorian and all the way back to kind of Renaissance Tudor kind of fashion. But it, it happened because I, I went to a um, 
it was kind of one of those dance schools where you go and just do lessons mm -hmm. um, just because as I said at that time I really wanted to dance and then they perchance had a burlesque class um, but it was more of a burlesque dance class and I thought it was so much fun and then I said to the teacher oh, I'd maybe like to do a bit of this more and then so um, I looked into it and I went on a, like a course thing mm -hmm. and um, yeah and then from there I kind of just I just kind of fell in love with it um, yeah. and thought yeah because it, it you know you just it's about it's about your own personal relationship with your performance so that kind of yeah. yeah like you said it's not being part of the ensemble and even when there is a group show you can still see the individual identities oh, of each yeah. performer in the group mm -hmm. like the really cheek nice. of it is so good with that like um you know they really push for like your character and I, I I do the fan dance classes in there which is so much fun so I miss being that that excited about being a beginner and um, you know I try to kind of say and as do the other teachers that you know it's about how you interpret what you do like fan dance is just it's a fan dance there's only so many moves but it's how your character connects with what you're doing and kind of what you're portraying that changes the way it is and um so in a lot of the kind of the, the newbie graduation shows you see like this diversity across the board which is just so lovely yeah so i've heard really good things about the cheek of it actually oh, it seems to instill real loyalty in its performers mm -hmm. when you did your burlesque course um how when you when you just graduated wh where were you at what kind of act did you do for your sort of graduation or oh did my you have God. a show we didn't actually have a show unfortunately when I started a course and there was like you go to like course one then two then three kind of more advanced and by the time like the third one was available it actually been about six months so I was already kind of finding my own footing so by the time I kind of graduated from the course I'd actually done a couple of shows already and um, I, I did like some finger in the pie which is a really good newbie show because um, like Madame Jojo's is so you know integral it's to iconic. our yeah it's iconic it's so to iconic. our um, uh, community so that was really nice and um, <laughs> shamefully <laughs> uh, my first burlesque act was a fan dance um, to Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend from Moulin Rouge now that was because I thought that as a burlesque performer you had to be vintage and so that was my way of modernizing something vintage was using the Moulin Rouge version so I'm like but it's contemporary and um, if you've seen my more recent twerk acts you will know that like, I don't really have any shame but when I first when I did my first performance I didn't do a thong and I didn't show my pasties because I was shy Okay, that is a word that I would never have expected of you. Yeah. But, you know, I've met quite a few performers who are, like, secret introverts and secretly quite shy. I'm, I am like one of the most prudest, prude, prudish, is that a word? Which one's the word? Burlesque performers. <laughs> I'm quite, like, conservative backstage. And then on stage, I'm a bit, like, you know, on all fours, shaking my bum tassels. Um, but it's, to me, it's funny. It's not sexy. But yeah, I didn't even want to get, I was like, my bum's too big. I don't like it. I can't have it on show. And now I'm like, I love bums so much. The bigger, the better. Like, So how did you find the free gigs with your feeling incredibly shy and not showing what you felt was how did appropriate? I like, find them as in, like, find them online or find them as a um, performer? 
Either, both. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, for newbies, Google search. Yeah. (laughs) Everything, Google Google burlesque, go through 27 million pages. burlesque free exposure into Google, you get a million shows. Um, Free exposure. It it is, but it's also... um, <laughs> we won't get to that. Um, the groups are really useful on on Facebook as well. Um, but no, I found it like um, I uh, fortunately the first gig I ever did, like only a couple of people showed up. I think my boyfriend at the time and Emily, my lady luscious. Um, but I'm quite glad because I I look back. I don't have the footage anymore, but I look back at some earlier footage and I'm just think, oh dear God, like who is that yeah I, I like I look back and I'm like oh god and you want everyone to come see you like look at me look at me at my special moment and now I'm like oh god like you can come if it's a good show like I can't believe I was dragging people to like the back door of pubs and I'm like no I'm really good now I promise like I do like normal shows in like good venues and like no we're, I don't really want to come and I'm like oh god no I've scarred myself from it. Like, I'm not that shit performer I was <laughs> But how did you go from doing the free shows to doing the the other shows? What was your sort of first paid gig? How did you get that? Right. (laughs) Here's where the secrets come out. I'm really good at blagging shit. Not in an arrogant way, but I just acted as if I was the shit. And I acted as if I've been doing this for like seven years. How long have you actually been doing it? (laughs) You know, like months. (laughs) And um, I just basically was like, hey... Um, I'm a burlesque performer, this is my stuff. You know, just like I would now. Like, yeah, and then I just went in and people were like, oh, how long have you been doing it? I'm like, oh, just a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. literally five shows. <laughs> but you never tell anyone. When it was my first gig, I'd never told anyone it was my first gig. And there was another girl doing her first show and she was like, I'm really nervous. I'm like, don't be, it's fine. Like, acting as if I was, like, some pro. But I just didn't want people to, like, look at me that way. I wanted to just exude confidence and that worked to my benefit I think maybe working in a, in a couple of places it went to my head a little and I've fortunately been humbled after about six months you're just like I'm awesome oh, I'm I am. my way into all these games. How, how, how dare she like steal my act I'm like I've been doing this act for like five minutes she's actually been doing it for like seven years I'm an actual twat <laughs> whoops you know <laughs> but I think that's all part of also the, the process of like oh god learning yeah. and growing up and because I, I remember when I was a UV performer and I did similar things where I was like oh, can't believe she's using that specific style of something she's used my music she's used my music now I'm, I'm like well, everyone uses my music yeah like, it's just music and I was you know I was 20 like I was pretty young uh, you know on and the scene like, yeah pretty young. And, and I'm not going to say like I was immature because I don't use that word I just say that I was just inexperienced in this type of environment all the shows that I've done previously I mean I did <laughs> can we believe it I did a lot of panto growing up and I was actually the cute one yep yep that's <laughs> right um but so the environment has always been I was dancing number seven and I was told what to do and this was my place but I never had to fight for work it was always you were in the show and you know like I mean I've, I've done auditions in the past before but it was never burlesque is very different it's so about how you are as well as how talented you are and kind of the the stamp that you make and kind of what you say so all these elements that I just wasn't aware of I was like oh if I just go out there and be good <laughs> to what I thought was good then it'll be fine and so many places that I applied to work at when I was younger and I used to be like oh so mad they don't want me to work there and I've I kind of I've got those shows it kind of in recent months I'm like oh I am so glad yeah. that they didn't say yes because I would have just completely made a fool of myself 
but I think there's also an expectation on the circuit that promoters kind of expect people to apply more than once, like every few months if they're really hungry for it, and you know they'll take you when they need you and when you suit and when you're good. I think absolutely. There's but there's that fine line between desperation and just saying oh, yeah. I'm here. There's absolutely no shame in it. I mean, I've got a few shows that I I do quite regularly, and you know that there's no kind of I don't need to push there, um, which is absolutely wonderful and lovely um but there are some shows that i'm like i still haven't worked at and i still be like excuse me i'm here yeah please I know that <laughs> i'll do it for a tenner no <laughs> i won't because i've got my own little niche i'm fortunate that i don't actually rival anyone else yeah so like i'm kind of sometimes the novelty act and also if there's a burlesque in it I, and they only want but one burlesque I can still be in the same show and it'd be a completely different situation yeah. so in that way I've kind of managed to like catch my foot in the door and be like whoop I just came in oh hello oh well the door seems to be on the other side now um, so well, now that I'm here now that I'm here I might as well tell you about this app that I've got oh right you want me to do it oh brilliant thanks, thanks. I mean it's impressive how you've built into that that niche so much more mm-hmm. So your first paid gig gigs. Mm-hmm. Do you have? Do you want to talk about them at all? Like, do you have any um, stories from from them? Or? Well, what's funny is that quite quite early on. I mean, I don't. I, th- I think I did a lot of those, you know, cheapy shows, door split kind of stuff, just to build. And um, fortunately, I through the power of my mouth, um, I got into a. Uh, I got residency at a kind of a well-known club, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, cabaret venue and fortunately I worked there multiple times a week uh, for about a year and a half so fortunately I've done a l- I did a little bit of the door split free stuff but I, I didn't have to do much yeah um, because I found a residency in this venue so I was able to a couple of times a week build so whereas kind of a lot newer people have to you know like fight for those gigs to get that experience I was able to on a Wednesday night say go well I'm going to try out this show and um, if it kind of it didn't work then you know like I didn't have to worry about the promotion not booking me again I'd be like oh I'll just do another I'll just do another act next Mm -hmm. time you know it was quite good for experimental I got to see where where kind of I shone and where I didn't so that was just a completely invaluable experience I was able to you know find my path well the beginning of my path as I now see it because I'm still so evolved from that but yeah yeah definitely (laughs) how did you how did you realize that your sort of ideas about burlesque were perhaps not uh correct (laughs) in terms of like having to be very vintage and um well the thing is like there are there are a couple of performers Lulu Deville being one of my favorite who does a classic style of burlesque and is absolutely flawless I mean she is immaculate and uh, it's incredible but that's kind of one way whereas it's kind of ingrained by the media you know by Dita Montes who is kind of our spokesperson if you will for burlesque and um, you know kind of the movie and stuff that it's this kind of vintage 40s thing and um, you know a couple of people like oh isn't burlesque just 50s and I'm like even if you said the 20s, I wouldn't have sighed at you. But, you know, um, 
there's that whole ideal and then I was kind of like you know like 21 and just well 20 21 and being like you know what actually wouldn't it be crazy if actually burlesque wasn't like that if I just turned it on its head <laughs> and now that I've kind of expanded my horizons I realized that other people do this <laughs> but I thought I was a pioneer at 20 years old and then from that it kind of just escalated into well you know let's just make my image completely different I don't need to wear red lipstick I can wear purple lipstick it looks better on me anyway you know like and then it slowly was like hmm maybe if I push this button what will happen so yeah that kind of Ooh. happened so you moved on from the club that you had a regular gig at mm -hmm. after about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Where did you go from there? Because obviously that affords you quite a lot of security in your performing world. Um, actually, you know, to be honest, when I when I left, um, I realised that there was a bigger world than what I thought, um, and that was quite humbling because I realised that outside of that environment, nobody knew who I was, so my work um, amount was significantly less. So that's kind of when I got the hunger and decided, whoops, you know, I need to start um, making people know who I am. And then, so I guess maybe like my social media stuff kind of really amped up from there because I was like, bubble that I was in that I thought I was like something special, actually I'm not, and nobody cares. So that was, that was quite, no, it was quite a fortunate experience for me to be like, oh, actually nobody knows who I am and nobody cares but I quite like when somebody's really good like when I'm in a show and then there's you watch someone and you're like oh my god she's amazing I'm like I need to up my game and I quite like that you know because I like competition because there's something in me I'm and especially because it's so funny how you seem to be so competitive but at the same time you've built this niche where you don't have to compete with anyone at the same time yeah it's, it's, so it's, it's, a, it's a funny one it's like a fun competitiveness as in like just to be a better performer but not like stomp on anyone in particular to get further absolutely I mean? it's it's competition with myself and like I mean people who know me will attest to the fact that I, I always come off stage going that was shit it was <laughs> awful I hate myself I'm just gonna kill myself um, <laughs> oh because I'm a perfectionist and I always come off stage thinking I could be better and then ironically a couple of times I've been like you know what that's the best performance I've ever done I saw the video and I was like that was dreadful <laughs> But I had a really good time, but that's a shame. And then I've gone like, that was terrible. I can't believe people had to see me. And then I watched a video and I was like, oh, that was really good actually. <laughs> so the competitiveness, fortunately, as I don't have to kind of compete with anyone, it is with myself. I think, I think a lot of creative people have that. And, and mm -hmm. I think that's maybe why they're drawn to art because art is so subjective that you can never actually be perfect. Yeah. You never get it right, you never get a tick in the, yeah. in the box, like, you did this art well, well done, yeah. like, it's never going to happen. So how did you go about, once you left that club, did you know people who helped you get into other spaces, or? Um, I kind of, you know, I had like, I had friends and so forth, and I just kind of, oh, you know, I don't even know what I did, I kind of, at that point I took that as a you know what, I'm kind of, this is a mini fresh start, let me amp up the weird, which I look back was not that much weirder. <laughs> so I kind of tried to go in avenues that were a, a little stranger. Um, but as I said, looking back now, I wasn't weird enough for some of the places I really wanted to work at. So I was kind of like, I think I was just doing things here and there, just trying to build 
Yeah, I can't even remember that. It was so long ago. I have no memory left. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember what happened this morning. You do do a lot of stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to always be at a gig. Were you seeing shows? Oh, yes. Oh, to, God, yeah. see lots of shows. Absolutely. That is the best advice I can give to anyone. Um, see every single show that you can. Even now, I love it. I go to shows on my own. I don't even care. I enjoy it. <laughs> um, I, I love going to see shows and you just see extraordinary people and not just and not just um, burlesque like circus shows theatre shows just art shows you know exhibitions all of that kind of stuff just see everything get inspired you know the V&A and Somerset House always have incredible exhibitions you know and it's it's always there's something there to get inspired by and and not necessarily you see something and you think oh now I want to do that but you go actually if they can do something this crazy then then why can't I or like oh that's really beautiful it kind of gives you this little reassurance that you can also do things of yeah. that caliber definitely I remember thinking a lot of times about my acts like oh is that too weird are people gonna go with it is that too odd and then going to a show and seeing something so off the wall that I was like never mind yeah actually I'm terrible <laughs> actually I'm just quite tame <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh well <laughs> I know you think you're like spitting blood is crazy and then you see somebody pull something out of their vagina and you're like I might as well just be doing an act of feeling good right now because <laughs> I am not what I thought I was. <laughs> you know, but it's good. It challenges us always, you know, to yeah to amp it up. I mean, if that's the direction that you want to go in. Well, exactly. That's the other thing. Is like, do you really want to go that that odd? I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you. When I met you, I think it was it was a couple of years ago, and I saw you do a Beetlejuice. Yeah, <laughs> yay! <laughs> Where did that fit in the narrative? Was that like the beginning of weird stuff, or was that slightly you know further it, down the path of the weird stuff? It's it's strange because like um, I have now discovered, and I was actually talking about this to somebody earlier. I was saying that I feel like as a weirdo, you can get away with a hell of a lot more if you do a character. Like, um, my circus ringmaster, which is kind of now a bit more known, which is nice, um, that is, you know, I can go ridiculous with my makeup, my hair is ridiculous, and, um, you know, multicoloured wig, and um, kind of the behaviours are all ridiculous, but in the back of people's minds are kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of like... That's like, like like the circus anyway. The circus is wacky, you know. And like I'm really excited to be doing the Grinch now for Christmas. I'm creating it, yeah. But I've been watching it, and I'm like, he makes the most ridiculous poses and faces and body gestures, which I love. But you can go there because it's a character. So with the Beetlejuice, I was like, I'm kind of get away with the weird because because um, Beetlejuice is insane. Because he's insane and he's absolutely ridiculous and kind of it's almost like. People have this thing in life, in their, it's something programmed in their head when they think if a celebrity's done it, it's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I think Alan Carr, bless him, on Spexy Beast was like, I remember having a snood in like the 1980s and, and I didn't get an Adidas contract for it. I got hung up by it. <laughs> like, you know, the flagpole. And now suddenly someone, you know, footballer wears it and everyone wants to wear it. You know, it's that kind of situation. Yeah. You know, so I think that if people are like, oh, well, that's Beatrice, is fine. You know, yeah. so it's like, and that's why, as much as I love Lady Gaga anyway, um, you know, I can I get allowances and passes for what I do because people are like, oh, it's like Lady Gaga. 
it's not at all but let them think that if it means they don't call me an absolute nut farm you know <laughs> like so or it's just about to ask is that where Gaga comes in for you it's like giving you license to or started giving you license to go that far and go and be weird because she's she's like mainstream freak I would yeah say. absolutely and that's kind of uh, you know that that's great and you know those people who think you know she's just an amalgamation of everything else well so am I so is everyone mm. you know we're all inspired by things and you know we all loved you know different things and she kind of takes what she wants from it and creates it as her own but so few people can bring art like that to the mainstream her alone she's brought so many designers and artists to the forefront anyway even in like um you know her most recent video GUI she's got like this amazing sculptor who does pieces out of Lego and they made it into her and you know like just that kind of promotion and um, I just yeah it's kind of that's a nice allowance but the, the thing I love most about Gaga is her passion and that's always what I was inspired by is how much you can just see how much she loves what she does and I always wanted to just emulate that um, for myself and give people this like a similar feeling to how I feel when I see her. Where did the tour come in? Because you did a, a world tour. I did. Where did yeah. that, that come in the timeline? Was it sort of slightly after you left the club and were just beginning to get yourself out there a bit? No, it was, it was about a year, maybe a year or so later. And the, again, this was at a point where me and my friend Suki were kind of like, we're not where we want to be. We need to do something to stand out, something to get our name out there. I want, not necessarily to be famous. <laughs> and just, it wasn't about like I want to be famous but it was like I just want to be just a bit more known I want people to experience everything else and, and we did um, America and Japan and you know just off our own little pockets and our own hope and social networking we were like right let's just pull every single contact that we have and we managed to get like you know, out of like three months, I think we we did, you know, a good like 50 shows and stuff. And we just, mm -hmm. so we kind of went out and it was, it was, to be honest, I mean, I spoke to her recently and it was a very, that changed everything. That was a game changer that was because there was so much realization personally and professionally for me and her. We both came out of it going, this is what I want to change this is what I want to do and it was just like realizing kind of where we we're at and it wasn't even just how we were perceived but it was like how we perceived ourselves being perceived mm -hmm. that whole relationship as well so it was yeah it was very very telling um time in my life so I'm glad I did it how did you find the audiences overseas um, you know, I love San Francisco. Um, I, I, I want to go back because um, it's it's phenomenal out there. I really enjoyed um, the I environment. Really fitting in there. Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. It's just nuts, and I love the sun. Oh my goodness, that was incredible. But yeah, I I, I realized like it was a strange thing. Like I thought I was so weird and crazy, and then like I wasn't as well received as as I'd kind of. I wished I would be and then I was like it's because I'm weird and and then I, and then my friend was like 
you're not that weird. And I was like, oh, I'm not. And that was kind of those <laughs> epiphany moments. And this was last, kind of about this time last year. And that was it. That's when everything changed. I was like, right, I'm amping it up to 100. It's going. It's, you know, because before that, I was so worried about my branding. I didn't want to wear a wig that wasn't my hair color. You know, just in case people wouldn't recognize me. And now I'm just like, whatever, burka, green hair or bald, um, people, you know, I'm, I'm confident that people recognize me. It's interesting how you, especially when you're a beginner or when you're newer or, you know, just as you're learning, you place these restrictions on yourself that you yeah. just don't need. But you need, you need that thing to happen where you realize you can push forward because you never want to push yourself before you're ready. Um, yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. Completely. It, it's, you know, it's all part of the learning curve and I'm sure like everyone looks back a year from whenever they last say that and, and go, oh, I thought I was crazy. What was I talking about? Like, yeah. You know, oh, I thought I was so weird back then. Well, look at me now. Or, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's, it doesn't stop ever, I think. Yeah. So where does the fire come in? Because you perform fire as well. You're Pretty badass fire yeah, I, I love my fire. Um, that came in. That was a few years back now, actually, um, because just for me, my burlesque just wasn't enough, um, and I just wanted to do something does it more daring. I initially just wanted to fire breathe. That was all I wanted to do because I just loved the whole idea of it. And then slowly, I started to just add more and more and now I completely separate the two so I don't do burlesque and fire ever um, because I kind of have my circus with the fire and my burlesque with my with my burlesque and um, it actually works out better for me because I like them separate because with my fire I can't wear wigs and stuff so I've kind of almost created like two separate images in everything and um, just kind of works yeah, it just works better for me, and I like doing variety slots um, as well as burlesque slots. So that's it's good. A lot of performers do have more than one discipline, especially mm. if they're booked a lot. So it makes sense that you would separate yeah, the two for yourself and, and yeah. just have almost like two speciality acts, basically. Mm -hmm. Kind of, it, it does. It makes a lot of sense. It's nice to have a, a show variety as well, so you can always do one of each. I, I, I do that quite a bit now, which is nice. So, you know, you get your, you know, you do your one action and do another action. People are like, oh, that's exciting, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with people that do burlesque and fire together. I just, I prefer to keep them separate just for my, just for myself. Yeah, well, especially if you can't, you know, wear the sort of costumes you would want to wear for burlesque. No, and like I can't, I mean, I can't even wear headdresses in burlesque. But at least if I wanted to, I could enter and then just chuck it off. Yeah. But I've d a couple of times I've done like a wig chuck off and it just doesn't go down very well. <laughs> as we know from RuPaul anyway. Um, <laughs> like, and I've done that and it's just gone like, ooh, no. And it's a full fire act, and then I'm essentially doing a, a wig reveal, and then <laughs> just doing a fire act. People are like, what was the point of that? I'm like, I just wanted to enter with green hair. It, just, it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. Um, Maybe you'll find a way one day of making it work, but it sounds pretty tricky. It is. I'm going to try and start, like, putting fire retardant stuff on wigs and then just trying to set my hair on fire and see if that does anything. But <laughs> I'm a bit terrified. I'm quite anal with my fire, so... I want to be safe. <laughs> well, you, it's 
not for, Safety this, first. for the sake of a wig, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I want my hair. I've set my hair on fire before. It's oh, not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. no, never fun. I wouldn't think so. So I'm sitting here with you in the dressing room and you're putting on this incredible makeup and <laughs> it seems very drag inspired. So where did, when did you start realizing that you want to take more inspiration from sort of that um, sort of subculture within our cabaret community? You know what, it's kind of, it's the extravagance of it because, and again, it's one of those things I can get away with doing, um, like, um, because it, drag in itself is such an art, so in that respect, it's almost like there's, it's, it's viewed as more of an artistic thing, you know, it, it's just, and I just like it, I like the extravagance of it, and even with kind of um, Meth, my lovely friend Meth helped me with my makeup initially and um, he's wonderful and just but again it, it's nice to have that base and then you can build on that um, yeah and I just I like things to look extreme and kind of and even though I've got my boobs out I quite like a genderless quality about things and I kind of like I don't really understand is that encroaching the level of performance art really that's what I want though yeah. yeah I want people to just to be like I'm not quite sure what it was but I liked it that's kind of what I want mm. <laughs> it's really fascinating how did you how did you meet meth this meth is awesome meth I met meth when he used to go by a different name which I won't say because <laughs> he'll kill me um and we did a show together one of our had like seven different names He's, well, you know what, that bitch has rebranded and he's done wonders for himself. He's utterly fabulous, I love him. And um, I'm very, very proud of, of how far he's come. Um, and we met at one of the many, this was just after I left my, my residency, one of the many shows I was doing in wherever would take me. And we met a few years back now, so it must have been over three years ago. And we were just both kind of like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. And I think he was in a completely different I don't really recognize that person I doubt he recognizes where, where, where I was and um, yeah I just I, I always really liked him he's, he's wonderful and then um, we just became closer over time and since he's rebranded I'm as I said I'm so proud of him because his like makeup skills are just phenomenal not that they weren't before but now it's just so polished and his lip sync is incredible he's done s such good things with his show and um, yeah, it's just like, it's nice to have seen where he was and his, his choice to be something new and to have actually accomplished um, something in that. So that's, I, I love that, you know, yeah. that makes me happy. It's <laughs> amazing watching the transformation process taking place before my eyes. I was so actually cool. going to do Nina Flowers' eyes today. Awesome! <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trialling what will be my Halloween act that I'm doing at the Meth Lab with Sharon Needles. Um, oh, super cool. Oh, yeah, and you so got the Sharon-inspired makeup. No. phenomenal. Oh, on, on Lane, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm transforming, transforming an Asian girl into a white man dressed as a white woman. Just can't write this shit. <laughs> like, I want to ask you, I have so many questions for you because you have so much to say about everything in such a good way. Ask away, darling. Producing shows. When yeah. did that start happening? Uh, me and um, my friend Mark, um, we we both a little off. He's um, as a DJ. He you know even though he looks kind of Victorian. I mean nowadays he's gone a little bit 
um, dragon spider as well, and androgynous. <laughs> More androgynous. Um, but we both kind of wanted to represent an alternative show um, by way of circus, and because I was like, I don't want to do just a circus. I want essentially to put on a show that I would love to see, and all just the weirdos of the world just put them into one little show that's still incredibly high-end and talented but also off the cuff so that's where that baby kind of emerged from was our kind of love of weird all things weirdo and we just wanted to put it out there yeah so how did the first one go first one was amazing actually um obviously all the things came with um you know being putting on a show all of the the f-ups and the arguments and the screaming backstage but you know almost everyone's been there and you know you you just you apologize and move on Um, (laughs) it's just the way of the world um how did you find it on the other side of things having previously been you know performing so much and then becoming a producer well I mean I don't class myself as a producer because um I just don't think I am. I just kind of put on a show because I guess <laughs> I don't want to give myself that hat. How about um, artistic director. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it's difficult because I was in the show doing two acts as well as doing a set beforehand, and and then poor Mark had to do the sound cues because our sound tech didn't sound tech. So yeah, we had like it was crazy, but the actual show itself was phenomenal like the acts like I mean we have Marnie and and we had Lydia Darling who's just out of this world and you know just a wealth of just incredible people that I don't know how I managed to get in the show and um you know it was just oh, like it it's just lagging again isn't it? oh it's <laughs> lagging mate I'm like you know how I'm like really charming you know how I'm like your best friend <laughs> be in my show <laughs> but no I know of course I paid people um, oh that's good <laughs> yeah, no I'm not that I'm sure that, helps. that much of an asshole <laughs> um, but yeah I think that people hopefully realized that myself especially and I, I mean I can only speak for Mark in so much and um, that we just wanted to put on a show that we loved and it was important to us and I and I I don't I doubt I'll ever well for now make money from my show but I just wanna not chuck makeup brushes. Um <laughs> I just want to to put something out there that's different and oh yeah no I just wanted to put on a show that kind of just encompasses everything that I'm about and I we, I think we succeeded and our next one is like less than three weeks now it's on the 5th of september well when this one's coming out it'll be like the week before oh okay so. yeah so our one's on the 5th of september I'm so excited and again like bigger show and like my friend was like you should scale back you know you might make some money and i'm like you know what no i can't i need like 20 performers in it and <laughs> everyone good in london just be in my show it's happening and it happened and like, I don't know how in the world I want Lila Scala and Marnie Scarlet back and Jonathan Finch and Pixie Lenore and you're just like, how have I managed this by just sheer genius and charm? I mad I've managed to get like phenomenal cast. So that it's gonna be amazing and I absolutely can't wait for it. That's so and, exciting. Um, I'm very excited for you. I'm, Yay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go home and uh, click that ticket book link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Click, link. laughs> yeah. I'll be I'll be posting links to um, 
book tickets to the show to your website underneath the blog oh, post wonderful. that goes along with the audio file that people can stream so people will be able to oh, directly yay it. awesome yeah and i also must plug marnie scarlett's um exhibition which is the day before and it's it's not necessarily in conjunction with our show but as it's the day before it's kind of like fans of marnie because marnie has a lot more fans than i do but because <laughs> marnie's fans coming to my show um, she's got an exhibition of all of her phenomenal work and that's free at the Resistance Gallery on the 4th of September so if anyone's around do go because she's phenomenally talented and it just it's it would be lovely to Marnie's super cool oh. she's super out there as well oh god yeah she's phenomenal so it's been amazing talking to you and Yay. I'm sure I'd love to have you back on at some point maybe to oh I was talking to I was talking to Trixie Tassels actually we were talking oh, about just I doing a her. fire geek out episode with the two oh, of you on it and just yeah. having you two sitting in like we have little fire, fire human candle practices all the time in, in her house in the foyer of her house which is as big as like nothing <laughs> like so we're there just like and then her poor neighbour comes out and is like are you, are you practicing fire again we're like yeah <laughs> so like we're just there she's super cool oh she's she's she, super fun she's, she's really hot as well oh yeah important to note oh yeah <laughs> final question mm-hmm. because I ask all my guests this question it's a double sided question go on what is the best thing that's happened to you on stage and what's the worst thing that's happened to you on stage Oh, the best thing, you know what, actually, I'm going to sound like an ass fuck, and I'm going to say the best thing that happened to me on stage was when I was at Burlesque Hall of Fame this year and received a standing ovation. Yes, you bloody did, you were at Burlesque Hall of Fame, I knew there was another thing I wanted to ask you about, that's awesome! Yeah, I literally, like, I didn't know that I got a standing ovation until I came off, and I was like, yeah, you literally just got a standing ovation, I was like, piss off, like, how did I manage that, like, that was a phenomenal moment, just being there in that in that state and Lily kind of jokes that um, you know all of these beautiful and talented people when they they got their awards they were all like oh yes 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 and I literally went on stage going ah! and I like, didn't even have my shoes because I was like in the audience like I'm winning nothing so I like ran up and I had like my handbag and I was like Meh! and my makeup was a mess um, I thought I should change wigs though so that's the only plus and I was like Meh! and that was such a wonderful moment because Lily La Scala, whom I love more than than anything, um, she knew how much it meant to me, and that was a, a magical moment. And um, the worst thing was when I was in Paris, and um, I decided that I'm just yeah, I'm going to be my fierce self, and I'm just going to really give it some strut. And I'm like, yeah, and I was walking on stage, like I was like, shit. And um, and then my heel, which is why I don't like shoes, got <laughs> caught in uh, one of my boas and um, I literally went from standing to face plant in about half a second. Oh my god! <laughs> and then tried to get up and the, the shoe was caught and I literally was like <laughs> you have never seen angry tassel twirling the way that my boot, I'm surprised it didn't fall off. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm owning it. I'm in Paris. Boom, floor, face. Oh like, my God, were you injured? No, I was mortified. <laughs> fortunately, yeah, fortunately I managed to get my hands like, so I didn't smack my face on anything. But my friend Tiggs Rice, she's a wonderful photographer, she was there and she was like, just, yeah, just, just. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that happened. <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> That's so, so. Oh my god! I mean, 
awful but in hindsight hilarious oh absolutely hilarious at the time i was like oh, no no <laughs> but now i'm like oh what a story it's a good story at least it's a good so. story and thank you for sharing it thank you so much for chatting to me today i've had an absolute blast oh and no no don't worry about it it's, it's lovely you do your makeup is also quite mesmerizing <laughs> it's really quite amazing where can people find you out in the world on the internet that kind of thing let's give us some give us some dates give us some venues give us some links to some websites and blogs and that cool my website is uh nothing happens on there really except for my blog go into the blog section read away subscribe um that's you know yeah that's that's where i chat about shit <laughs> and uh my youtube is aurora galore i think there's another aurora galore that i think i did ages ago but look for the one with the most recent videos subscribe to that like I'll put up my bum and shit on it <laughs> and um, now I put like um, my makeup stuff and, and my videos and that at Aurora on Instagram <laughs> at Aurora on, on Twitter and um, same for my page on Facebook but yeah no I'm, I'm, qu- I'm quite good with uh, my pages and stuff are quite like I don't I don't abandon them I give them some love no there's um, loads of exciting stuff to look at Got loads I of amazing try. pictures up there. I try. <laughs> you take a lot of awesome selfies. Oh, I just, you know what? I just, I have to. I'm like, I'm like, no, it's for my blogs, for my blog. I'm like, no, it's just because I just can't bear the thought of spending two hours on my makeup and just not having a picture of it. I'm like, but then I've got nothing to show for my evening. I mean, you have been paid, but I've got, you know what I mean? I need some kind of like <laughs> evidence. Yeah, evidence, evidence that I was like, I have this theory that it didn't really happen if it's not on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's <what> didn't <laughs> yeah, pretty much the situation. And your show is uh, the Three Serpent Circus. Yeah, that's on the 5th of September in uh, upstairs at the Vibe Bar in Brick Lane. And it's uh, doors open at 8. Kind of stuff is happening, some incredible people are happening from eight and nine is is the main show but it's going to be like you know weirdos are us um all of the amazing magical ridiculous people of the world happening on one stage so it's going to be hopefully it'll be amazing it sounds like it's going to be pretty epic we'll see (laughs) thank you so much no no thank you super super fun um i've been rosie cole you can find me all over the internet as well. You can find me on my website, uh, rosiecole.com. You can find me on Twitter at Rosie underscore Cole. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash Dancer. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions of who you'd like nice to see comments. on the podcast. Yeah, loads of great comments. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it probably comments be about me. <laughs> I'll have to write then. If there's shit comments about you, it doesn't matter. Thanks <laughs> throwing me under the bus. That's five No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They'll all be good. Don't worry. No, they'll be... Yeah, awesome comments. Um, or, yeah, I was thinking about um, doing a listener Q&A episode where I answer questions that have been sent in with a fellow performer so if you've got any ideas about that i would love your feedback audience as performers we are nothing without you so thank you so much and have a fabulous night